0: Counseling podcast. It's not for therapists, it's for everybody. I'm your host, professional counselor Jared Pogue. Not everybody needs counseling, but certainly everybody needs a little help every now and then. Uh, Welcome to day three of five of sort of um, the five barriers that are keeping us from seeking help, uh, whether that's uh, therapy or counseling. I appreciate you tuning in. I hope that you've been able to take these in in order. We've already posted two previous ones, but um, today in day three, you'll be hearing more about uh, what I realized were the hurdles that kept me away from uh, seeking professional help uh, for a whole host of things, which I hope to get into later uh, either during this series or perhaps even in another series. And as I list these out, these are things that I think I have seen certainly in the office, things I've heard people say to me as they've come in. Um, But more so, I wanna emphasize that this is from myself. And I usually like to believe that um, most people out there in some way, shape or form are like me. That's the idea of being a person. And that at least one of these five is what has kept you or is keeping you or someone you know uh, from getting the help that that could truly um, set them free from certain things. Um, So I I really hope that if these aren't helpful to you, that at least you can use them as a resource to pass along to others that you feel might be um, needing to um, recognize what's stopping them and giving it to them to help knock down that hurdle to make that step towards personal change. I can never emphasize enough the the difficulty of this process. So much work has gone on before someone walks into my office. um, And so much work has gone on before I walked into someone else's office. So today I wanna hit on what I'm gonna call ambiguity of the problem. Sometimes when people come in, or in my case, when I was looking to go in, I, I didn't really know why. Exactly. I knew something was up. I felt the disconnect. I, I, I experienced the symptoms, as it were, but I, I didn't feel that I could properly state what I needed to state. So as I was thinking about this, uh, I thought of sort of three sub points uh, to note about the ambiguity of the problem. Number one is uh, in the state of a question, what if I don't have the vocabulary to describe my problem? Um, In my profession, we develop a very notable, what I'm going to call an emotional vocabulary. Uh, It would make sense. uh, These are obviously well beyond the ideas of things like happy or sad or blue or depressed. They they get much, much more nuanced when I begin to describe a problem. Um, To me, they usually end up dealing with someone's humanity or their uh, relationship. Uh, whether that's to a um, a spouse, a, a partner, or some sort of um, friendship, something like that. Um, for me, I, I kept finding that as I was looking for those words to describe my problem, I couldn't get them out there. If someone asked me, why would you go to counseling? I couldn't say, oh, well, here's my problem in a, in a diagnostic matter, I, I could give sort of like I keep calling these symptoms or feelings. Um, I could say I'm having these problems, uh, whether it's inability to sleep, keep waking up in the middle of the night, uh, grinding my teeth constantly. Uh, uh, Maybe it was uh, out of control eating uh, or just the opposite, uh, no desire to eat or do anything fun. Uh, Things like that. I could describe those pieces. Uh, I would encourage anyone to use that If you talk to someone and you're describing these things, start with the symptoms sometimes and what's going on. Number two, when it came to ambiguity that I sort of ran into was how do I know if my problem is something a counselor can help me with? Uh, That was a hard one because I really like to think of myself as someone who's skilled with a, um, a host of concerns. But how could I know that what I was facing someone else could help me with? It certainly goes back to episode one, as you heard me talk a little bit about my own pride, uh, sort of stopping me and that desire and ability to pull myself up by my own bootstraps and how I really had to recognize, no, um, maybe sometimes we have to pull ourselves up um, in certain small situations, but most of the time we have people and and, uh, professionals we can rely on for help. No man is an island. So how do I know if my problem is something a counselor can help me with? Well, Typically, as I stated earlier, talking about the symptoms, uh, perhaps a phone call to a counselor. You can talk to them. Most of them will talk to you for free for five or 10 minutes, most. You can tell them what's up and they can give you a very, very quick overhead of, okay, yeah, I've worked with something like this before. Here's how you can do this. Which leads to number three. What if the counseling doesn't work? Am I out of luck? you do the phone call, you go in for the session and what if nothing changes? What if you're the same person? This happens. Um, I would say probably, um, more than you'd like to think. Uh, I can't give you an exact number on that. I would say, um, maybe, uh, one out of every 10 that come in, perhaps up to two out of every 10 that come in, uh, might find that there is just no, um, change they were looking for. It took me a long time because I was very afraid of that idea of like, what if it doesn't work? What if I'm really that broken? Uh, At that point, I didn't know I was very scared of that question. And I realized there's medical solutions to things, too. Typically, when something's so broken, there's always a reason for it. For some people, there is a need for a medical oriented intervention. Uh, So just because traditional talk therapy doesn't seem to have the solution that you want, uh, it really helps, uh, I'd say, two things. Is one, give it a little bit more time before you jump ship. And two, talk to the counselor about a medical diagnosis. It may be that the reason it's not working is because there's this giant medical barrier that can be easily remedied. Um, looking at things like obsessive-compulsive disorder is one of the most well-treated disorders when it comes to medication, uh, unbelievably so. Uh, I've, I've seen it so many times in my own office and, and just keeping up to date with so many things it's it's been amazing to see how that medication then pairs with counseling to make some really true changes. So if the counseling doesn't work that's not necessarily a bad thing in fact it might help you uh, realize yeah you can't do this on your own there's something medical in the background let's check it out. Um, Thank you for joining me on sort of the issue of ambiguity. This is day three of five of um, essentially the hurdles that keep us out of counseling. Um, so next time we meet, which would be tomorrow, if I can get my uh, uh, schedule down, we're going to sort of talk about um, finding help. That's also a hurdle. Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Things like that. Uh, I look forward to uh, sharing that with you and my personal journey. And uh, I hope that you're finding this helpful. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Restoration Counseling Podcast. The Restoration Counseling Podcast is a product of Restoration Counseling of Atlanta, a provider of professional counseling services in the greater metro Atlanta area. If you are interested in pursuing any of our services, if you would like to contact Jared about the podcast, Or if you have a notable mental health story that you'd like to share to help inspire others, uh, please reach out to us at info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Again, that is info at restorationcounselingatl.com. Thank you.